Hello, humans. Hello, humans. It's seventh uh, of June. It's about eleven thirty. Really surprised I got done this quick. I still have one more stop on the way back. I've got to peel off and go to a um, nursery and pick up some bedding plants. But, um, really, like I say, I'm surprised I got done as quickly as I did with all of the chores I had. The shopping gods were cooperating with me today. Anyway, speaking of shopping, um, over these last few months, direct, we've, we've been heading this way in a general sense for, oh, since probably 2007, maybe. Um, as the internet grows up and matures and stuff, we're heading into what, what I'm calling a reputation economy. Um, and we have, uh, we have like examples of that that I'll get into, but reputation economy is where, um, there are people that are centers of economic activity because of their personality. And I don't mean like, you know, um, uh, see, we see that now, but we don't see it in a reputation fashion. We we see it in a um, PR sales fashion, right? So it was a advertising agency, a PR agency that sold um, Dylan uh, Mulvaney to um, Bud Light and caused this whole huge fiasco, right? Uh, now we know it's all engineered by the WEF. They've got their their um, stupid communist. Um, method of uh, investing and getting funding and you got to go along with all their communist shit in order to get any any funding and keep your your company going but nonetheless uh, we're still dealing with a reputational kind of economy coming out of all of this so right now the advertising agency that that put Dylan Mulvaney dude into Bud Light they have no reputation. In fact, they've got a negative reputation, right? No one is going to deal with these fuckers. Uh, they're going to have to destroy their agency, uh, fire everybody, and maybe recreate under a new name, and then never, 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 never talk about getting involved with the, the death of Bud Light, okay? But as a reputation economy, uh, we find that um, what it's coming down to is uh, people will purchase based on trust, but that trust has been verified by them having gone through um, or, or having knowledge of the people that they're dealing with. So uh, nowadays, the uh, so advertising as we used as we used to know it as it existed prior to the internet and in the first few uh, decades of the internet is dying. Nowadays, they can have all the kind of ads they want, but um, more, more and more people are going and saying, no, I'm not going to go buy that. I'm going to go uh, ask so-and-so or, or uh, deal with so-and-so here because I know that um, uh, she's got good information, right? That she, she won't bullshit me and, uh, you know, that she doesn't have a, um, an axe to grind in this, right? So, uh, so people are purchasing based on reputation. So I'm selling pure sleep. It's the only thing I do sell. It's through... Um, purebulk.com and if you need to sleep you go buy this and, it, and it's really great it doesn't have melatonin and it has stuff that makes you feel better the next morning when you wake up and you're all ready to uh, 
to deal with the problems that are going to be presented to you that day. And so I sell the pure sleep. Uh, you notice I don't really, <laughs> I'm not really out there pimping it a lot, right? That's not my, my reason for doing these talks. It's, um, uh, it is a reason and I frequently forget it, right? I'll go through and do the whole damn talk and then never mention my product, uh, which, you know, doesn't do the guys at, at Pure Bulk uh, who are doing all of this work and, and delivering this stuff doesn't, doesn't serve them. So I, I'm remiss, but I just forget that I'm selling stuff. On the other hand, um, I, I must get maybe 20 to 30 offers of products to pimp a month. I mean, it's really astounding. Um, and I don't, right? Uh, if I found something that I, I wanted to use and so on and so on, then I would make a point of saying, hey, this is good stuff. But I'm not motivated by money. I'm retired. I don't need to make an income. If I wanted to, I would do it in some other fashion that was more in... Um, engaging, right? Uh, that I would have some uh, interest in. So I might invent something new, et cetera, et cetera, right? I would, I would basically go back into business and, and be real active. So, uh, but here's the thing, because I don't sell, because I'm not out there uh, wailing on you, buy, buy, buy this, buy this, buy this, uh, people have a tendency to trust me, right? And that's the way it is with all these guys. So, um, you know, so Max Egan doesn't tell you to go buy shit. Um, David Ike doesn't tell you to go buy shit, right? And so you would trust them if they said, hey, look, I, I discovered this. It's cool as fuck. And, and maybe you need to think about uh, purchasing this, right? And so, uh, and so everybody benefits that way. But the reputation economy works the other way as well. And we find that the, um, the mother weffers... Uh, have really fucked over all of the uh, politicians that they worked so hard to get installed. Now, bear in mind that Klaus Schwab, he's like in his 80s. Uh, the, his institution, the WEF, inherited uh, from another organization. So we can think of the WEF as having been in existence for almost 100 years, um, just based on, on uh, uh, the continuity of the organization, regardless of the name, because it hasn't had the same name nor the same bosses, but it's been the same crew all this time. Anyway, so um, the Mother Weffers can't say shit about anything anymore because they've destroyed their reputation and destroyed the reputation of uh, all the politicians that they work so diligently, so expensively to put into place to get in there illegally. So Klaus Schwab, he, uh, he used to brag that they had control over half of over half of the uh, legislatures in um, the Western liberal republics. And so they actually control the legislature in New Zealand. They control the legislature in Australia. They control it here in the U.S. And, you know, Denmark, Holland, etc., etc., right? <coughs> so, and he brags about uh, all of the work. They put people in place. It's all good for him. Uh, but now... Nobody's trusting any of their politicians. We all know that they're um, selected, that they're not elected. We know that the 2020 election here in uh, the United States, as well as the 2022 election, were bogus. They were rigged. The WEF controls them. There is no election integrity. There is none. So if I lived in a state where you had um, the criminal uh, Katie Hobbs, or whatever the fuck her name is, um, claiming to be governor, I'd not 
I wouldn't do a fuck all for, for them at under any circumstances. Just the same way here with Inslee. Inslee, uh, he's leaving, but he's been selected. He's not been elected. And we've, we've known this about the last uh, three times that he went went up and did the election. It was a, it was bogus. But because the courts are corrupted, because the courts are, are owned by Soros, no one can get any justice. Because our Department of Justice is uh, owned by Soros and the Mother Weppers, we know there's no point to going to federal trial. You're just not going to get what you want if you go and deal with it uh, on the basis of the actual laws involved, right? There's another way to deal with that, but, but I'll get to that in a minute. But anyway, so the reputation economy here is has been brought to sharp relief by the COVID thing because all of those people that were supposedly the uh, the bastions of science, the uh, stalwart um, guardians of civilization, all turn out to be fucktards and corrupt and uh, uh, trying to kill you and part of this uh, uh, terrible global um, uh, mafia conspiracy. And so, the, every you know, you recognize that. You talk to your cousin. Eventually, your cousin recognizes that, and and it builds and it builds and it builds, and we get to the point now where 62% of the populace in the United States knows factually that uh, the election in 2020 was rigged. It was a cheat uh, against Trump, right? And so we know this. And so that there's all kinds of consequences that come from that. One is that. If it's an illegitimate federal government, they have no moral authority to, to tell me to do anything. And if someone were to show up and, and do something or try to do something with me from a federal uh, perspective, uh, I would not uh, be compliant. And that's the way it is all over the, the country now because everybody knows that Biden is a, he's a fake. He's not, not legit. It's like the fake news. So just like CNN's got a shit reputation and their company's dying, all these people... Uh, have have built their own reputation by being anti-populist, uh, anti-population, and uh, actively doing things to depop the planet, and which is all coming out. And so, as part of our big ugly here, we have the upending and the movement into our reputation economy. We've upended the ability of or the um, economic structure that uh, existed uh, that was uh, controlled and paid for by the money. Uh, so, you know, they're just, uh, they buy the ESG scores by saying, you get your score up, we'll get your funding, uh, all of this kind of stuff, right? And so we end up with um, this fracturing of the system that we have now. Not only had they decided, the mother weffers had decided that their, their central bank system was dying anyway, right? They've been working since 71 uh, to maintain it this long. They actually thought it would die in 2008. It almost did. Uh, now it, it's uh, for sure croaking on us. Um, it has nothing to do with the debt ceiling. That was all drama. But the, uh, the degradation of the uh, economic structure is, is continuing. But out of that will, merge, will emerge this uh, reputation economy. And, and so people will be desperate to guard their reputation, to not do stupid stuff, because we've seen what happens when you do stupid stuff, right? Uh, Bud Light or, you know, Target, any of these guys. And so the populace is in movement. Um, the population is rising, uprising. 
uh, we're getting into a situation where uh, if you don't have the rep, you can't get it done, right? And, and that's just going to keep getting more and more intense as we go forward. This idea of uh, like pre-vetting, right? So you know the people that you follow and the ones that are consistent and you see it over time and you say, oh, okay, that's the way this person really is. They're not trying to be, you know, a butthead or sell me something or whatever, right? They're really this kind of an idiot. And uh, so I can trust them at least as far as I know them in this particular uh, understanding. And so uh, the economy is going to be, the economy's crashing, we're going to go into a, a Great Depression, but from that will emerge uh, constitutional money and um, uh, the reputation economy that's going to be totally different from what we used to live in. Uh, I've got to, unfortunately, I've got another stop up here. I've got to get off and get to that nursery. But um, anyway, so this is emerging now. We're going to see some of the effects of that uh, in June from like the June, middle of June onward in through July and stuff. We'll start seeing the effects of the reputation economy as it's going to kill a lot of these companies. And, um, you know, uh, we'll start getting into the further death of... Uh, the quote news companies and uh, CNN, all of that kind of thing, and our media is going to be uh, being reshaped as we go forward. It won't be so much that there will be the death of CNN to celebrate, or the death of Fox News or something like that, which will occur, but is occurring now. But what's what's going to happen is that it will be the the dawning realization. Oh, geez, I haven't even looked at CNN in six months or whatever, right? And so uh, you just realize you don't need it anymore. You're not going to be um, involved with it anymore. And when it comes back up to your attention, you say, nah, I don't want to fuck with it. I'll go in uh, and, you know, just go back to, to what I was doing here. So, um, okay, hang on a second. Road hazards. Hang on, let me get around this. Okay, there we go. Anyway, our um, reputation economy is going to really take off once we get back to constitutional money. And I think I'm, I'm in agreement with, um, with Trump. I think we're going to have one hell of a 2025 uh, real blowout here in the U.S. And um, the, the country reclaimed and a lot of the goofiness gone away. And we'll live in an entirely different world from, uh, you know, we're, actually we're doing it now. We're emerging uh, from the um, Mother Weffer world, and we're, we're building a new uh, economy and a new world out of it. So it's a, it's, a, it's a great reset, but it's not their great reset. It's our great reset, because we're coming up and undoing their system since it's failing anyway, and we'll just replace it with what we want, which, gets, which is why they're so terribly intent on uh, destroying demand for cryptos. The competition is just killing them. which is why it's very interesting that we got um, Satoshi's white paper in that solution when we did, because it was just the perfect timing to allow all of this to build up in preparation for the death of the uh, central bank, central bank currency.
Anyway, as I was saying, I had to stop and do another chore here. Um, so the, uh, the WEF has destroyed the reputation of all these politicians. They didn't have very much of a reputation anyway, and I'm really shocked at the um, level of engagement these guys have. Uh, online and the social media. They actually don't know how to use social media to any effective uh, level at all. They're, um, the, the normie aspect of these mother-weffing politicians is, is really um, surprising. Okay, so they are actually, the ones I've met here in Washington State that I know to be uh, weffonian controlled are basically useful idiots. They are not awake. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know what the WEF is. They have no um, historical understanding of themselves or their uh, position in things or the greater war that's going on. Some of them, a couple of them have a, a sort of a clue about the culture war in terms of that it's not organic, but uh, they, the rest of them think it was organic and not promulgated by the WEF. And uh, they think all this shit just uh, well, they're normies. They think it happens, that it's organic and natural. And so um, the, the WEF has destroyed the reputations of these people insofar as voting for them and stuff. So uh, we're going to have, um, probably have uh, Bob Ferguson here, uh, the, the Soros-selected uh, DA for our, for our district, or not district attorney, a prosecuting attorney uh, for Washington State. Um, run for governor. And it's like, that's fine. But, you know, a lot of us are going to take, uh, every time they post on social media, we'll just take a moment and say, you know, um, this is a propaganda account for the Mother Weffers. Or we'll say, you know, uh, the Mother Weffers have their hand up this guy's butt, making his mouth move, and just keep pounding on their reputation. They're undoubtedly going to get selected in anyway because the Mother Weffers own the uh, voting system here, and there is no election integrity in all of the United States. We know this. They've been working for 45 years or more to get to this stage to where we don't have control of the electoral process. It's in the hands of the mother weffers and their uh, corrupted judges. And so that's that was one last thing I wanted to talk about, was the nature of the law system at the moment, right? So um, I was sued by uh, butthead Corey Good, uh, fake secret uh, space program uh, guy Corey Good, who now had, in his deposition, finally had to admit that everything I said was factual, everything I said was true, that he was indeed lying, all of this sort of thing, right? That, that none of this stuff ever happened. But in any event, though, so I was sued by him, and I faced the problem. Um, I did the usual normie thing. I got a got an attorney who started hiring other attorneys, and then I said, fuck all this, and fired them all and started doing it myself. And, and I was able to get myself out of that case where nobody else had. This is a federal judge. It's out of Colorado. Uh, Corey Good's trying to um, uh, get multiple state jurisdiction on people in various different states. Uh, to sue him over this shit, right? He had sued me, and I put in a motion to dismiss, and then I understood the nature of what was going on, that these judges are corrupt. They have been put in place. Most likely, I would never get any kind of a, um, a hearing in front of a non-corrupt judge. It just the odds are that no matter what judge you're going to, they're going to be corrupt. And so I thought about this very uh, diligently, and I came up with a strategy. 
And the strategy hinged on the idea that I knew the judges were likely not awake, right? They're normies, but they're useful idiot normies. They're compromised, they're corrupt. And so they're gonna behave on those bases. And so I decided, okay, in my particular instance, I knew that my judge did not ever want to do anything in the way of um, setting precedent, right? His case was convoluted and getting worse by the minute because of butthead Corey Good. And uh, so what I did was to use procedure against them. And so they live and die by procedure. They will not in any way, shape, or form ever countenance any idea that the procedure should be upset because that's all they've got now. They don't have moral authority or any of that. They're just operating by making the system operate. That's all they've got. And so uh, I knew that that was the case. And thus what I did was to say, this guy um, needs to be squeezed. So I squeezed the judge's balls, all right? And I knew he didn't want to do anything that would be precedent setting. So I pro provided him an opportunity so that no matter how he would rule on that opportunity, which was a motion I had made, it would be precedent setting. Okay, judges don't like precedent because it means some other judge is going to have to come on in and rule whether they did good or not. And no matter what they do, they'll ultimately find that the other judges are also corrupt and will rule against them. And they know this. So no judge wants to make a ruling that would be considered to be precedent setting. And so here's the thing. On procedure, they have to do things in a particular order. So if I put in a motion to... Um, so I had a I had my motion to dismiss put in there. I had to put in a couple of times because they kept changing the, the nature of the court case as we were going along. They were curing it, they called it. And so I had to keep redoing it. I was involved for more months than I wanted to. But in any event, I had my motion to dismiss in there. And then I carefully calculated the and put in a, a motion seeking injunctive relief. And that injunctive relief was being a left up to the judge. I had no, I put in nothing in there other than the very vaguest of statements seeking the injunctive relief, um, uh, I, but I put in no uh, information as to how I wanted the judge to rule. So he could have ruled any one of, of three ways. So here was the situation. Uh, Corey Good, uh, the, the, the butthead, uh, the fake secret uh, space program guy, had a fundraising page, probably still has it, like Light Warrior Legal Fund or something, right? And in there, he slanders and um, defames um, all the people in the trial, myself included. And so I pointed out to the judge that I was being continually damaged by his Light Warrior Legal Fund page. And I wanted the judge to deal with that in the form of some injunctive relief against my um, against the uh, plaintiff in the case. I'm a defendant. Remember that he had sued me. And so when the judge came and had my motion to dismiss, they know what they've got coming. So it's not like uh, somebody comes and presents it to them and they just deal with it and they have no idea what's coming down the pike. These guys know exactly what's happening because everything has to be filed within particular time frames and shit and it's all online. So the judge knew uh, that the very next thing that had to be adjudicated was my motion for injunctive relief. He could have ignored it. He could have agreed with it and told Corey Good to alter his uh, webpage some way, take it down or whatever, or he could have sanctioned Corey Good as part of that, or he could have said there was no damage 
uh, factually demonstrated and he wasn't going to hassle Corey at all. So basically three options, any one of which I could have appealed. Okay, that was the big problem for him. And then that whole case would have been had another layer of federal judges looking into it because I had appealed on a matter of injunctive relief. And I knew I was squeezing the judge because see, the, there's a top dog judge and then there's the assistant judge. And mostly uh, the defendants and the plaintiffs and the lawyers only deal with the assistant judge. And I knew that, the, that I had the chief judge squeezed uh, that I was gripping his balls really hard when I put my injunctive relief request in because he never passed it over to the administrative judge, the assistant judge. He never gave it to her. So he knew the bombshell that I'd given to him and he was probably sweating it, right? Because he doesn't want to make a ruling that would then allow me to sue the fuck out of the court, sue the fuck out of him and, uh, you know, appeal all of this shit to Ellen and get it all wrapped up in yet another layer that might have delayed this court case another four or five years for all anybody ever knew. Anyway, so he had to adjudicate on my motion for injunctive relief right after, at the very next thing, because I timed it, right after my motion to dismiss was adjudicated. And so he took the easy option. It was easy for him, right? I left him that giant wide barn door and all he had to do was walk through it, which he did. And so he, he gave me an out. He said, your motion to dismiss is granted. You are not part of this case. Thus my request for injunctive relief went away instantly because I was no longer involved in that case. So this is what you've got to do, right? If you're involved in any of these court cases with any kind of judge, you need to assume that they're not operating out of law, that they're corrupt, and therefore you will have to, if you're going to win, you're going to have to do it with a strategy that squeezes the judge by the balls one way or another. And there's lots of different ways to do it depending on which judge, how corrupt, and so on, right? And so you, you, can, you can have very effective strategies here. Um, that would put a lot of pressures on the judge and not even get into the um, the reality of the court case or not even get into the um, the things that, that are technically are being disputed in the court case. So my, my request for injunctive relief was really not part of the court case. It was not part of me being sued. And see, there's the thing. Usually it's plaintiffs that ask for injunctive relief against something that the defendant is doing that's continuing to cause them problems. And so here, defendant asking for, for injunctive relief throws everything into a big mess. And he didn't want that big mess. I gave him the barn door to walk through and he walked through it. They will do that. Okay. Rather than cause themselves uh, vast amounts of problems later on, they will take the easy out that you offer them. So if you're doing a court case, my advice is to do a very effective strategy to strategize it all out before you put in any paperwork and decide how you're going to squeeze the judge and, and um, the mechanisms for and timing and so forth for the procedures to do just that. Okay. Butthead here trying to back up a trailer. Yeah. Anyway, um, you get these idiots that don't drive pulling trailers very much, and so they just don't know the mechanisms and what you have to do on uh, effectively to, to deal with a trailer. So anyway, though, so reputation economy and um, uh, dealing with judges, and, and with judges, you've got to do it with strategy. So. Um, 
Kerry Lake versus Katie Hobbs, right? So I never expected the judge to do anything other than what they're paid to do by the WEF, which is to rule against any of the patriots. So if you want to get them to go against their their bosses and rule in your favor, then you've got to do something to put them in a position where the options are totally untenable to them if they refuse the barn door. In other words, they know it by not uh, giving you the win that they're getting themselves into a, a huge world of hurt um, based on what they'll have to do next and, and use procedure against them. They have to live by a procedure. No matter what you do, they will always default to procedure and that's their um, maximum point of vulnerability. Probably I should go into that in some detail at some other point. Um Six months. Okay. So anyway, um, <laughs> guys, <clears throat> so now I got to get back and do other work. Um, but, uh, you'll see the reputation economy, um, emerge here and you'll see people really fuck it up. Right. So, uh, Charlie Ward never had a good reputation with me. I always figured Charlie Ward, he was an admitted, uh, money launderer and a trafficker in currency, uh, which we know is all illegal in spite of his protestations. And there's many, 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 many signs that he was a child uh, trafficker, that he ch that he trafficked children for Jimmy Savile. And uh, he even admits it in several instances. So Charlie Ward never had a reputation, in my opinion. Somehow, Charlie Ward and Simon Parks both end up getting uh, connected with people like General Flynn and... Um, Cash Patel and these kind of guys, right? And I was like, I, I really wondered, okay, you know, General Flynn, Cash Patel, all of these kind of guys, you're dealing with scum here. You know, Charlie Ward is basically a criminal and it's easy to find that out. So why don't you guys know that? And maybe at some point they found that out because Eric Trump told Charlie Ward, no, you're not going to be on our um, traveling roadshow here spewing out all of your uh, bizarro hate shit. Um. Anyway, though, so Charlie really fucked up his reputation. He had a bad reputation. Somehow it got uh, swept under, ignored, or whatever. And then he kept going and going and going and blew it again. And now he's in bad reputation land again. And so it's so bad that even Simon Parks is trying to distance himself. So all of the people that used to work with Charlie are now saying, oh, my God, you know, you're radioactive. Can't come anywhere near you. And that's just what we're getting into, right? So uh, you will find people that... Uh, like myself, if I screw up, I'll let you know. Oh, no, I fucked up. I shouldn't have done business with that guy or whatever the fuck, right? Um, but I'm not going to try an alibi it. If I fuck up, I fuck up. We do this. All of us fuck up all the time. Um, you know, more or less um, continuous, but <laughs> not necessarily fatal fuck ups all the time. But in any event, though, so we're going to see a lot of people make major serious uh, reputational errors and destroy reputations. And on the other hand, that's going to be very, very, very good for people that are rock solid on their reputations, like, um, uh, oh, you know, Joe Rogan or whoever, right? Uh, David Icke or Max Egan or somebody, uh, because they'll just keep plowing along and keep growing and so on. And so we're in this process of the alteration of the social order out from underneath the WEF. So the WEF thought that they had owned the culture and we decided, okay, you know, it's a pretty shitty culture and you can have it. We're going to go off and form another one. <laughs> anyway, guys, uh, I got to get, get more stuff done. Talk to you later.